Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Hello there and welcome to the Friday live stream. We are delighted you are here with us today. Now, firstly, thank you for tuning in as always and thank you for your support on the very first live stream that we did last Monday. It's very much appreciated. Now, there was a lot of positive feedback in terms of the format of the show and people really liking it. So we are gonna continue along that way. Now, there's also been a couple of questions in relation to consistency of the show or lack thereof. And I want to address that. So before we start, I completely agree with people. We are not consistent. And it's something we definitely need to be more of. I think for a channel like this to be able to compete in any way with any of the other channels, we must be consistent. And that, as I said, it's something we have been out over the last few months. Now, there has been, you know, reasons for that in terms of being on vacation, having COVID and a couple of family issues in relation to a, a person who's sick in the family. So these things have taken time and taken away from us being able to do the show. And it's something I have felt bad about because I enjoy doing the show and I enjoy bringing news to you guys here in Thailand and around the world because there's a lot of listeners who are not just here in Thailand. So my commitment to you is starting from Monday. We will be doing a Monday, Wednesday and Friday live stream and then a topical show on a Saturday or Sunday. Now the show at the weekend will be something along the lines of working in Thailand or how do you go about finding a job, visas, buying property here in Thailand driving it could be all kinds of things so we will definitely have a live stream about that at the weekend and hopefully it's something that you guys will certainly very much enjoy now we're going to jump into our very first story of the day and that's of course after you guys have subscribed to the channel don't for click the don't forget to hit that subscribe and that like button before we continue so the first story was in relation to our prime minister and uh, a majority of people wanting him to leave office this month Nearly two-thirds of people in Thailand want Prime Minister Priya Chana Cha to leave office this month, according to an opinion poll which comes amid growing debate about how long the 2014 architect should stay in power. Thailand's opposition plans to petition the Constitutional Court to decide whether Priya's time as Prime Minister in the junta counts towards his tenure as Premier, which is limited to eight years. The August 2 to 4 poll of 1,312 people by the National Institute of Development Administration, and that's the NIDA poll, found 64% of people want Priyat to leave office on August 23rd, exactly eight years after he took the post of Prime Minister in what was then a military government. The survey, released on Sunday, showed 33% preferred to wait for a court ruling. Asked by reporters on Monday about the opposition's move, Priyot, who is now 68, said it's a court matter. The tenure issue is one of many opposition efforts to remove Priyot, including four parliamentary no-confidence motions, a conflict of interest case over use of a military residence, and a month of youth-led protests that challenge his leadership and the monarchy. Priot was junta leader and prime minister from 2014 until an election in 2019, after which a new parliament chose him to remain prime minister. 
according to the constitution an election must be called within the next 10 months but the retired general has given no indication of when that will happen Views among Pryat's supporters vary, with some saying his premiership started when a new constitution was promulgated in 2017, while others say it began after the 2019 election. The NIDA poll did not mention the opposing arguments in its questions on Pryat's tenure. So that's just a quick story in relation to whether or not Pryat should be still in office after August 23rd. So basically what they're saying is that when he came to power in a military coup in 2014, uh, I think we had the NCPO until about mid-August and then they basically created their own military government. And people are saying that he has been prime minister since August 23rd, 2014, which would mean that this month would be eight years of Pryat in government as prime minister which actually when you think about it is a very very long time a lot of people are saying his time is up that he needs to leave government because the constitution only allows for two four-year terms but people on his side are basically saying well his tenure didn't start till he got elected in 2019 some are saying well it's when the new constitution was made in 2017 and others are saying he's been prime minister since 2014 regardless of whether it was part of a military government or not he has been leader of the country and in the role as prime minister and now it's time to leave so it'll be interesting to see where the constitutional court um, goes with this now there has been some published documents from the constitutional court that they actually have been looking into this case before it has been brought to them because apparently maybe there is a concern that you know he shouldn't still be in power after you know august 23rd um of course the constitutional court has ruled on well in favor of the government many many times when things have been questioned and one of those of course was captain uh, Tamanat. i don't know if you remember this guy he was the guy who was the convicted drug dealer in uh from Australia who was the I think he was the deputy transport minister or something and they ruled that he could continue in his post as minister because well the the best way to describe this the offense didn't happen in Thailand it happened in Australia so it didn't count that was actual an actual ruling from the constitutional court so you can see how things are and uh, maybe get a feel for what may or may not be coming uh, our way in the next few months or at least how the ruling will go so we'll move along to the next story and it's about seat belts becoming compulsory for backseat passengers here in thailand from september 5th that's right up until now it has never been law for anyone to wear a seat belt in the back seat of their car I want to guess they were wondering what they were for back there, but apparently it's never been law, which I find amazing. But nevertheless, from September 5th, backseat passengers of vehicles with not more than seven seats will be required to wear seatbelts. Metropolitan Police Def Deputy Chief, per uh, Chief Major General Jirasan said on Wednesday that the 13th Amendment of to the Land Traffic Act of 1879 will take effect next month expanding the compulsory use of seat belts to include passengers in the front seats and back seats. He said old vehicles registered before January 1st, 1988 will be exempted from the new rule as the back seats cannot be fitted with seat belts. In the early phase, police officers will focus on issuing a warning to people who are not yet aware of the new rules. Fining of violators, at a maximum of 2,000 baht, by the way, will be considered on a case-by-case -case basis, said Jirasan. 
The 13th Amendment of the Act also added two new clauses. The first one, children under six must use a car seat or a specialised seat to prevent injuries in case of an accident and b passengers who are under 135 centimeters tall must wear a seat belt or use a specialized seat belt to prevent injuries in case of a mishap the two new rules are also scheduled to take effect on september 5th however jurisan said that they could be postponed for a maximum of 90 days as the details and specification of the car seats are yet to be finalized and announced by the royal thai police yeah, I, I mean, especially with the amount of cars here in Thailand, you know, that are sold. I mean, there's record numbers every year. Um, I, I think in here in Thailand, a lot of people will be surprised that people really do buy new cars. The second-hand market is not as big as the brand-new car market. So there's all these things. We have new cars on the road, lots of nice cars, but yet we have no regulations in terms of baby seats in the cars, whether or not you wear uh, a seatbelt. And we're going to do a show talking about driving in Thailand over the next couple of weeks. So I'll leave it at that because that's something I want to talk about a lot more and in-depth in the coming weeks. So moving along, Thailand's hotel-based COVID-19 isolation facilities to be phased out from September. Now, this is a story that was in Thai PBS. And before I go deeper into it, it's a bit of a strange one because pretty much tourists coming to Thailand now are not testing themselves on arrival, are not being tested on arrival. So I have no idea why there is a need for these hospital hotels or hospital hotels anymore where you know people were self-isolating because i'm pretty sure anybody getting covered right now is not saying a word just getting on with it and that seems to be the case all around the world at the moment but beginning september 1st all hotel-based covid 19 isolation services will be phased out and private and state hospitals will get direct access to supplies antiviral medication as the country is transitioning into a post-pandemic period Professor Dr. Udam Kachatatorn, chairman of the National Reform Committee on Public Health, said today that both private and state hospitals can claim refunds from the government for the drugs prescribed for COVID-19. He said that uh, as COVID-19 is to be reclassified as an infectious disease under watch instead of a dangerous infectious disease on October 1st, pharmacies should have access to antiviral drugs as well, pending an announcement to be issued by the Thai Food and Drug Administration, adding that drug stores can dispense the medication to patients, but they need a doctor's prescription to prevent misuse. TFDA Secretary General Paisan Dunkum said that they are working on a drug dispensing system to apply to pharmacies under which they can dispense the drugs on doctors' prescriptions and they must keep a record of the drug dispensed. Dr. Tarat, Director General of the Health Service Support Department, assured the public that the phasing out of the hotel-based isolation facilities would not impact the increasing number of COVID-19 patients in Bangkok, as Thailand has already passed pandemic stage. The number of hotel-based isolation facilities has already dropped substantially in the past several months due to the improving situation. Actually, that's not true. That is completely due to the fact that hotels prefer to have actual holiday makers and tourists in their hotels rather than sick people being stuck in the room driving everybody nuts. A ministerial regulation is expected to be issued shortly before September 1st. Several thousand new COVID-19 infections found using rapid antigen tests are being reported nationwide each day, but most of them are asymptomatic or have only mild symptoms, which do not require hospitalization. So that is very true in relation to the numbers here in Thailand. I have to be honest, 
I stopped looking at numbers the day that I stopped reporting them here in the show. And because I think a lot of the numbers are not really very accurate. So the numbers that are reported here in Thailand are basically the numbers for people who have COVID via a PCR test. They don't actually include rapid antigen tests, and that's a completely different number. And I believe if you're not reporting them, you're not being accurate in your reporting. So there's no point to cover something that's not being accurately reported by the government. And that's been one of the main things. Also, I mean, I, I don't know what country anymore is publishing numbers on a daily basis, but Thailand still does. I mean, you can look at the Bangkok Post in the morning and they have the numbers each and every day. It's kind of a bit ridiculous to be, you know, they're also stirring up the old monkey pox thing as well. So but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. But um, moving along into uh, covering a story that we did the last day as well. The tourism ministry is to propose zoning for night spots to operate, operate up until 9 a.m. And this is a bit more detail on the story that we covered the last day. The Minister of Tourism and Sports will propose to the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration, again the CCSA, still around by the way, still an uh, emergency decree being called here in Thailand, still going on. Uh, they, next month uh, they're setting up of zones in which pubs and bars will be allowed to operate up to 4am instead of the current 2am. Uh, the Minister, Pia Pat Rechabakarn, said Thursday that the proposed easing of the restrictions is not a blanket measure but to be applied only to pubs and bars in the designated zones, such as Khao San Road in Bangkok, Patong Beach in Phuket, the Walking Street in Pattaya, Aonang in Krabi, Kaolak in Panya, and Angkor Samui and in Hua Hin and Chiang Mai. He said that he had floated his idea with pub and bar operators and advised them to discuss the matter with governors in their respective provinces, adding that the ministry will also help in pushing the idea with the Ministry of, of the Interior. The minister claimed that many foreign tourists have dinner as late as 10 p.m. and then visit a pub or a bar at around midnight, so they just uh, are starting to have fun, and then it's almost closing time. He said that most patrons, including Thais, who visit pubs abroad, want to spend more time in a pub to enjoy life. Piapat also said that he would like to convey a message to those who oppose the idea of extending the licensing hours for night spots that even if a pub is closed, many patrons want to hang out around drinking and some operators have been known to close their premises to avoid police detection, which may jeopardize the safety of the patrons in case of a fire. He pointed out the necessity of a zoning system where the entertainment venues can operate without causing a disturbance to people in the neighborhood. Piapat's idea, which is intended to boost tourism, may face opposition from people who argue that, in reality, most pubs and bars are already operating beyond their permitted hours. He was forced to shelve his 300 baht tourism fee proposal to be collected from every arriving tourist after it was met with strong resistance and opposition. Now, I don't think that's actually been shelved. I think it's still going on, but they've just kind of um, uh, postponed it, if you get what I mean. Um, in relation to that, it's funny because the government made such a big thing about keeping bars and clubs co closed during COVID. And even when the country was back up and running, they were still keeping them all closed around the country. So it's only recently bars and clubs have been able to open. But now they're kind of thinking, well, we're going to let them open till 4 a.m. Now, it is true that many bars do stay open well past the closing hours. I think case in point would be Bangla Road in Phuket. And that place is open pretty much, you know, all the time, <laughs> at least till three in the morning, you know. But I think what it might do, and maybe it would be a good thing for, you know, in relation to 
it being uh it would stop maybe the bribery that might be going on you know to be able to stay open late you can stay open late and beyond hours without let's say permission of certain parties and if you don't have that permission well or to get that permission sometimes you need to you know make a donation as such and i'm being very politically correct in all this but sometimes you need to make that but by having them open to 4 a.m i wonder will uh, those uh donations not be needed anymore of course you open at 4 a.m the bars will try to stay open till 6 a.m so i guess there's that way of looking at it too i'm not really sure i i mean i i i think in places like patong and you know um Patiem, places like that, I think it probably would be okay. But talking about places like Kaulak, which, you know, I'm very familiar with that area. And to be honest, I, 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 you could keep the bars open 24 hours there, but I don't think they're going to be very busy after midnight, you know, because I think a place like, let's say, Kaulak, they get an older clientele or a more family-orientated kind of clientele. And it's not really a party town, never has been. So I'm not sure it's really, really needed. But as always, I'd love to know your opinion, guys. What do you think? Do you think that this is the kind of thing that should be happening around Thailand? Or do you think the 2 a.m. is enough? Love to know your opinion. You can hit it up in the chat on the right-hand side there or a comment down in the comment section. Now, we're going to move on to another story but a foreigner who is in hot water for his TikTok fishing video. That's right. You know, the amount of people who are getting in trouble for posting TikToks, right, doing illegal things is unbelievable. And then they wonder why they're getting arrested in trouble. You know, there's just no common sense. But authorities are searching for a foreign man after a TikTok of him illegally catching parrotfish off Kopipile in Krabi provoked outrage reaction. The video showed the man with three endangered parrotfish and two other fish and also stabbing a sea eel, said Sopan Tonki, Director General of the Department of Marine and Coastal Services. The stunt was shown on the TikTok account Roslana official, which features a number of adventure theme activities. The video was subsequently shared on other social media sites, drawing comments from upset local residents. I have ordered local officials to find the boatman and the foreign tourists quickly for punishment because this is a very serious issue, said Mr. Sopan. He's, he said the Department of National Parks, Wildlife and Plant Conservation had informed him that the illegal catch happened off Kopipile in Hat Napart uh, National Park. Now, officials have already identified the boat that the foreigner boarded. National Resource and Environmental Minister Varwood Silparasha was informed of the incident, he said. He is very angry and ordered to bring the tourists to for punishment. The incident was not the first of its kind, he said. Some Italian tourists took selfies while holding coral and sea animals were punished by having their stay terminated. I actually think that was the guys off, wasn't that off Kotal or Smut? And they were actually deported, I think. They, they, weren't, uh, having, they weren't terminated or anything like that. But yeah, that's the story. I mean, guys, when you come to Thailand, it's best, you know, to always remember it's not your country. And there are rules in relation to the conservation of wildlife here. You may not think there is, you know by maybe you see other things happening in thailand you think why would they be so interested in that but there is people and if you're a foreigner you draw attention to yourself
but kind of stay away from the illegal aspects of things that would be my opinion on it all and finally guys the phuket news daily report phuket mangrove land corruption probe falters a series of high profile inspections of land encroachment in phuket conducted by the national anti-corruption commission has so far yielded no proactive results an official report noted yesterday and basically they've gone to the places where the illegal land encroachment has occurred and there's still people living on it they're still fenced off there's still houses on it and that's basically what they mean nothing has happened and it's going on years by the way in uh, phuket now next phuket proving successful in combating human trafficking a specialist subcommittee which ensures the most robust measures to combating human trafficking in phuket are in place and adhered to so is paying dividends as no cases have so far been detected officials say i don't know about that but we will have to do a bit of research on that because i still think all these kind of children flower sellers are still around and to me that is something that needs to be looked at if they're going to be claiming that they're combating human trafficking very well but that's something that i think people know about in in phuket especially and finally driver's license renewals now on saturdays are people in phuket who have been unable to renew their driver's licenses during regular government office hours can now do so at the phuket land transport office on weekday evenings and on saturdays and that's actually very very good there's a huge backlog there and it's good that the uh PLTO or the Phuket Land Transport Office is being proactive by opening up late and on Saturdays and I think that definitely will help people and clear the backlog that has been there. I've heard people waiting up to three or four weeks to get an appointment just to go and you know do the do the written test and stuff like that so yeah that's definitely uh, very much appreciated I think by many people and uh, yeah with that uh, that's it guys thank you for tuning in it's always much appreciated please don't forget to like subscribe to the channel the video uh, if you get any kind of value you can buy us a coffee the link is down below in the description and without saying that let's uh, hope you have a great weekend and we will see you monday morning bright and early as always thanks and uh, take care